Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored once again by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. The Business Creators Radio Show goes where you go to capture those aha moments and experience those mastermind opportunities that move you ever closer to your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Today, you may hear an air conditioner ambiently buzzing in the background because we are broadcasting to you from beautiful, sunny Las Vegas, Nevada, known to some, at least me, as the hottest city in America. And it's hot today, so I have my air conditioner running And the unit is actually two levels down for me, but you can hear it from here. But when you're having these mastermind moments, what do you hear? You hear birds chirping, cars driving by, conversation from the next table. So again, we're from the field. We go where you go. And this is all about opening you to the opportunities that stand before you. One of which is a topic that I actually checked. We've never done this on Business Creators Radio Show before. Yes, I know we're primarily an entrepreneurial podcast. However, we do have a segment of avid listeners who are interested in career-related topics. And when you think about it, career-related topics, career development, job-seeking is very important in the entrepreneurial space, particularly for those who would like to have a career working for more of an entrepreneurial-type organization than a corporate-type organization. The story I like to tell very briefly, then we're going to introduce our amazing guest. And I can tell you, this guy's chomping at the bit. I mean, I had to tell him uh, we were in the green room and the conversation was going on and on and on. I said, the listeners are waiting. We got to do this. Anyway, uh, you're going to love this guy. Anyway, when I completed my MBA from Duquesne University in human resource management as my concentration, my goal was to become the training and development director for a Fortune 100. I never got there. I did get job offers from smaller companies that weren't officially hiring, but liked what I had to say when I contacted them through my networking efforts enough that they were interested in creating positions for me. So today, we're going to discuss how to tap into the hidden job market. And to share with us this journey, we have with us somebody, as I said, you are going to be enthralled with. His name is Anish Majumdar, and let me just tell you a little bit about him. He is a career coach, an expert in the hidden job market. For the past 12 years, he's helped thousands of professionals around the world take the reins of their professional destiny and break free from the necessity of job searching permanently. You may have seen him in Fast Company, Business Insider, Glassdoor, and Ivy Exec. He lives with his wife and three children in Rochester, New York. Anish, come on in. The weather's fine. What is going on, Adam? And just so you know, brother, uh, I've got, you know, I'm in New York, but I've got the AC going here as well. So we are uh, kindred spirits when it comes to the uh, to the necessity of relying on that. But but super, super, super excited to be here. Um, really excited to feed uh, hopefully a little bit of... Um, aha magic uh, into the ears, um, every, every single one of your amazing listeners, man. I'm really excited about this. Absolutely. So what we'd like to do here is you have a uh, very impressive background. I read a snippet of your bio already. It's so impressive. I'm not sure if I'm worthy to be here. We're on my show. So what <laughs> we'd like to do is before we dive into, and I know you have a lot of points you're hoping we have time to cover today. Tell us a bit in your own words about your journey and what's actually brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Well, I, I appreciate the question. I uh, 
would love to say that um, the journey towards uh, career coaching, which is something I've done uh, for now a little over 12 years, uh, came from uh, a bolt of inspiration. It actually didn't uh, at all. Um, I would say... Um, where that inspiration came, you know, originally I was 16, 17, um, acting, um, you know, theater, film and TV, um, all in my 20s. That was the first thing. That, that was what was for a very shy, introverted kid growing up with a mom with schizophrenia, uh, with immense amounts of pressure to conform, uh, the, the ability to, 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 to realize, oh, you can be anything on a stage. You can give voice to any emotion. That was absolutely transformative. That was the, the first one. That eventually became uh, and naturally grew into writing. I was a journalist for uh, over 10 years, uh, investigative journalism, uh, writing feature articles, understanding, hey, people in power, people in, in positions of authority, wait a minute, they're no different from me or you. It's all about taking a different approach in terms of how you uh, build that relationship, how you choose to add that value. So uh, that, you know, kind of built up a pathway there. Um, uh, my novel, The Isolation Door, it came out in 2014. And honestly, I got to tell you, this whole thing with the career stuff was a sideline. It was, hey, something to pay the bills. And, and what changed it was um, I remember picking up the phone, speaking to a 54-year-old named Arthur who uh, was an architect, had done brilliant award-winning work in New York City for many years. Uh, he was basically in tears. We were ostensibly there uh, for me to help him with his quote-unquote job search. But really what it became was, was in some sense, uh, this, this, this fork in the road for this gentleman who realized, hey, you know what? Have I actually made Every wrong mistake. I was told, get the degree. I was told, keep your head down. I was told, suck up to the boss. I was told, avoid uncomfortable conversations about ownership or taking a, a greater degree of ownership. And now look at me. I'm about to get thrown out. There's people who are, you know, chomping at the bit 20, 30 years younger, you know, than I am. I, I, I feel like a failure. And, uh, in that moment, uh, I didn't have an answer to it then. It took me many years uh, um, uh, before you know the answer and ultimately the system would come together. But I made a promise to myself to say, hey, you know what? There's got to be something better in our lives than chasing after all of this garbage only to be tossed out onto the scrap heap of these low-level gatekeepers, these morons with these ATS systems and these <laughs> resumes. And I don't know if it's possible, by the way, because all I'd been told, like maybe you've been told and, uh, and many of you listening, is, oh, you know, networking is this nebulous thing, or guess what? It's not for you. I come from lower middle class stuff. I can tell you it is for everyone and just to just to just to quickly just you know hammer this idea in the hidden job market is just a fancy way to represent every single opportunity role anything that can change your life that doesn't make it into the scrapyard or the graveyards of monster indeed those are mm -hmm. representative of the last 20 percent the oldest the day old bread that's what you're seeing there 80% of all roles, 90% estimated of all executive roles are getting filled way before that. So if you're looking at your career prospects and you're taking the lazy man's approach of saying, hey, you know what? Where I'm going to go is entirely based on the job postings that I see. A, start by multiplying that by a factor of eight to 10 and then start taking some responsibility for the full scope of what is out there. That might start the process of people getting a little bit less shall we say, default victimized and a little bit more, you know, default excited about the fact that, oh, if I stop thinking, how do I break into a company and I start thinking about how do I break in on an individual level? My God, you will never run out of opportunities for the rest of your life, right? That, that yeah. changed everything. That became, that became what we do, which is professionals who uh, specialize in taking people who are at a crossroads, teaching them, hey, before you put your hat in the ring in the way that you think, Instead of becoming something different, take a entrepreneurial approach to this problem so that the business of getting offers becomes cheap, it becomes easy, it becomes fast, and for the first time in your life, you can actually say, oh, I chose this role. When most people say that, by the way, Adam, let, let's be honest, oh, I chose this role. What do you mean you chose this role? You, you, had, you haven't had an interview in, in, in six months? This, is the, this was an interview that your wife pushed you out for that you thought you already had overgrown, but you were feeling desperate, you accepted it, they made you wait for two and a half months while, while your kids couldn't afford daycare and now you you took something 
So don't tell me that you chose something, pal. Don't tell me that there was any yeah. choice in any of this. And I'm seeing this, brother, everywhere. I'm seeing it right at the C-suite level. I'm seeing people who have the money and all of this stuff, but their standards and their methodology haven't changed. They're just as much prisoners as they were 10 or 15 years ago. Because if you can't, if I can fire you right now and you cannot go out there and generate something as good or better, I have you. There's nothing that you can do about it. Don't don't lie to yourself. Yeah, well, I my early experiences told me that a lot of it candidly was a scam. I did temp work in human resources. Uh, as you heard me say, my concentration for my MBA was human resource management. And one of my ways that I was willing to consider towards achieving that training and development director role was to work my way through the HR system. Hmm. And time and time again, I found out that the vast majority of jobs that are advertised have already been filled even before the ad is placed. That's it's one that, thing. It, the, the irony of that, of course, is that, you know, the, the, you're right that there's this whole issue with these, with these rules, but to look at it also another way, if you looked at, if, let's use that HR example, right? If we look at someone who, uh, let's say, is a little bit further along that path, you know, I'll often work with people who are specialists there. You know, um, I worked with Maria, who really wasn't and uh, considered herself an outsider in that field, but not because of not being effective. Ask yourself this, okay? however many or few or how hard it may be to get HR roles this way, right? Which is trying to impress the gatekeepers, trying to get kicked up, you know, into that second round of consideration. Fine. Take away the word HR for a second. Ask yourself at the business leadership level, at the only level that really matters, okay? How many of these people are concerned with talent bleed, losing their best people? Almost everyone. How many of them are concerned that their best people are going to get poached? Almost everyone. How many yeah. of them are it, it, the concern of galvanize, what the purpose of HR, which by the way, if you're in HR, the way you should be thinking about yourself should have nothing to do with HR. It should be about this. What, what are you truly paid for? At your best, you are paid to do things like give us a better talent organization that performs better, has higher retention. Well, that pain is everywhere, right? So the question becomes, maybe I should stop looking for only those situations where people have already thought, hey, we have an HR problem. We have an HR manager problem. We have this. Maybe I should start talking to the people who are actually trying to grow this business because talking their language, getting to understand what's going on with them and aligning to that is going to enable me to make that change happen on the people level far more easily. In other words, I can construct something a solution around myself far more easily by talking people at a different level of this problem, right? Uh, that's not a commentary on your ability to get that HR job, Adam. That is a, that is that is entirely based on your willingness to understand what are you truly getting paid for and what are you willing to do about it. You know, um, uh, yeah. and with all due respect, uh, you've got to look at it from that side. Most people don't see the truth. I can tell you, after twelve years of working with HR people most leaders have no idea what what someone at the height of that do. They think that basically an HR person is a, is a glorified corporate, you know, cover your ass person, basically. Like, you know, you just, you, you, you protect the executive suite. You, you don't, please don't do anything meaningful. You're, you have no role to play yeah. strategically. And then basically when I can replace you with something cheaper, preferably software, ideally, I'm going to do it. But that's not what you do. That's the challenge. That's the changing that perception of how you're coming across is is step one in 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 changing the types of conversations and the types of relationships you're going to build because again the people we're talking about they're not interested in talking to you as Mr. HR uh, you know please let me beg you for a job they would be very willing to talk to you if you were willing to understand what's going on, if you were willing to listen to what were happening, if you were willing to start the process of potentially helping them as best you can, yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do there. But I'm 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 spilling the secrets here in terms of a way that anyone can start activating this. I don't even have a BA, Adam. I'm a theater school dropout. Everything I did in my career as a journalist, as an actor, as a published author, as a career coach, I did on the streets. Client to client, person to cl person. So I'm telling you, if it works for me, it's going to work to absolutely everyone. And for people like Ooh. you, it should be 50 times faster.
Okay, I can I can tell that this is really something you haven't put a lot of thought into. Well, are you hearing me though, brother? Because I know oh, you listen yeah. to a lot of people. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Because the the job of getting ahead isn't just a question of you know boohoo, corporate America is bad and the hiring process is bad. There's a lot of there's a strain of straight up cowardice running through America right now, running through corporate America where people are bloviating about freedom, but they're not willing to take that responsibility when it comes to leaving behind that job, right? They're not willing to take that responsibility when it comes to leaving behind that boss. So don't tell me that it is, it is, it's not entirely me or you or our expertise that has the power to change anyone's lives, right? Not unless you have something more, right? And I'm not seeing that, quite frankly. I'm not seeing that out there. I would like to see more, more courage, more even, people having some balls, quite frankly. Even, even with the great resignation? Oh, come give me, give me a break, dude. All right. Use, use okay. whatever use whatever <laughs> phrase you want, dude. I, you know, I started in 2008. The, the, that, was, that was today's excuse. I, listen to me. There is never going to be a better time for you to radically up-level what you can do than right now because what you want right now are, is people asking questions. What you want right now are leaders, the people that have that power to be doubting themselves, to say, hey, you know what? We've just gone through two years where we were relying on event management. We cannot rely on that whatsoever. So what are we going to do? That's an opportunity for someone in marketing, in growth, in anything front-facing to say, hey, let's invest in this because this is a way that we can reinvent for the short and the long term. Now is the time. You mean to tell me, just think about it from a human nature point of view. Do you really think it's that situation is going to be better when it's boom time again, right? Assuming that happens. It's boom time again. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry has some unearned sense of confidence in what they can do. They think they're great. They can't lose. Do you really think you're going to have as good of, a, of an opportunity to, to arc into that pain, to identify what is truly going on here, what's keeping this person up at night, when everyone thinks that they're a winner and everyone's going uh, to succeed? Give me a break. You need pain. You need... There needs to be a reason to hire you that's beyond simply, oh, let me bring another Joe Schmo in here, right? Because otherwise you're just a line item, right? You're just a cost. That's not me telling you that as a career coach. That's me telling you that as a business owner. What, what do you have for me? What do you have? What can you speak to? There are things that are keeping me up at night. There are every single business leader I, I'm speaking to right now, and I've been in that hiring room. They are up at night, but they're not, they're not waiting for Mr. Pitcher and Mr. Presenter. I hate to say that. They're waiting for someone else. Yeah, well, that, you know, I've, um, I've learned over the years to blame it all on those lazy millennials now, <laughs> well, <laughs> because that is, that, that is such a, cli that is such a cliche. Uh, my, and, and I've contributed a chapter to a book called Journeys to Success, the Millennial Edition. I myself am on the tail end of Gen X. And uh, you know, I was raised by baby boomers. They were raised by the greatest generation. And then after the millennials, you have your Gen Zs and a few others. Uh, I can't remember what they all are. But here's what I believe happened. And this is going to tie into a bit of my personal story. The millennials, let's just use that term because it represents the break point that I'm highlighting here, were the first generation to as pretty much an expectation of daily life have access to high-speed internet and the ability to query search engines to gather information that challenge the assumptions that have been handed down from generation to generation to generation through patterning and lack of information to challenge the narrative. So the connotation of the millennial, which is completely erroneous, is somebody who's lazy, entitled, it's all about them, uh, they only want to do what makes them feel good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No, 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 no. Your millennial and downward are those who, in my estimation, are the type who want to feel that the work that they do, whether it's the business that they own, the business of which they're a proprietor, or in their career path or their job, want to feel that they are vested in the success of the venture and are both gaining and receiving return on investment. They want to feel like the world is a better place as a result of the work they do. They are programmed by the way they were raised and the access to information they had, which was unprecedented, to challenge the status quo, to raise questions, to dismiss the idea that something should be done because it's the way we've always done it. Now, what's happened is 
that you know for millennials and younger they are now the absolute majority of the entrepreneurial space the workplace the career space so that trend has pretty much permeated its way into how effective business runs these days. Now, what's gone even one step further is you still have a lot of Gen Xers like me. You still have a lot of baby boomers in the workplace. And the baby boomers are sticking around longer than previous generations stuck around in the workplace. And they're looking at this and they're saying, hey, I want to exchange return on investment. I want to feel like my work is valuable. I want to feel like I make a difference. I want to be innovative. I don't want to do something just because somebody on some org chart tells me that's the way it's always been done. And to me, that's the real disruptor, which happened right under our noses while we were debating the great resignation, the bubbles popping, and uh, 401ks and pension plans disappearing. You know, I, uh, if I can share a little tip that directly, you know, kind of goes to that, I think, uh, and I, I, you know, I, I do appreciate, you know, what you're saying about that. I hope that that is true. I, 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 I've, I've always, you know, I'm, I was born in 1980. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I've looked at my life always as a desperate, desperate, brutal struggle for some kind of meaning somewhere. And yep. the, the, the people along that way station have just as likely been 58 as they've been 28, you know? So, so, yeah. so, so, uh, uh, I, I will tell you one problem that I see over again that can help all across the board. Uh, 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 an idea whose time has expired. I would challenge everyone out there, regardless of what your your career goal might be, whether you want to stake out on your own as a consultant, start your own business, whether you want to move from IT into a different industry, whether you want to leap up seniority level from management up to the VP, whatever. One of the most important things that you can do is to start the process of branding yourself around your own process versus some secondhand thing. Either it's, uh, you know, Amazon, uh, 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 Silicon Valley certified developer or Fortune 500 big four accounting expert. All of those things are not working the, the way that they that they did before. And a big part of the reason why kind of goes to this idea. In our future, in what we're seeing out there, okay, the people who have the real... Uh, freedom, the people who call the shots. It's not a question of size. It's not a question of how big britches and pants you wear in your industry. It is about, can you stand on your own two feet? No matter how humble it is, when I think of you, Adam, do I think of, oh, just some other candidate? Who? Who the hell am I talking about? Or do I think of, he stands for something? It, it can be 50 ways. We can all brand ourselves 50, 60 different ways around a process, but do you have some kind of a point of view, right? Is there some way, an Adam uh, Hami way of moving a business forward that might be a, it could be Adam Hami's HR done right, or Adam uh, Hami's HR done uh, against the grain of the 99% of fakos out there that comprise the human resources industry. It can be anything. <laughs> it can be absolutely anything, right? It can be anything, but, but start the process of saying, what's my way? What's my way? And what's ideally, what's my way that incorporates all of the weird stuff that people who don't know about me keep telling me I should uh, hammer out. I, I coach people in Silicon Valley all the time. There are some real idiots out there who are who are giving advice like, hey, pal, guess what? You've been in the IT industry for six years. Look at all this weird operations background, this other stuff. Listen, you should just delete all of that. No, you should not because that makes you no more qualified than a six six years out of college person. Your, your challenge should be, what is my way of moving this business forward that incorporates all of this and allows me to see this in a way that no one else can? To, to, to bring it into what I do, I'm not a career coach general. I couldn't care less about uh, how your resume looks like for the sake of that resume. I only care about one thing, which is the ability of generating offers your way as quickly as humanly possible on your terms. Every other methodology is wrong. I'm not here to be a impartial uh, academic here. I'm a straight up terrorist when it comes to the right way and the wrong way to do it. And if you don't believe me, keep trying it your way. The average here is four years right now that people are wasting in job search mode over the course of their, of their, of their career. That's a minimum, but by, by all means, please keep doing it that way. Right. Please keep yeah. doing it the safe way, I guess. Right. But that, that, would oh, be, yeah. that would be, that would be a huge one. Start branding yourself around a process. Stop looking for a dream job. Start looking for a dream company. I would say a far better indicator um, would be 
uh, of how to get started on this, start benchmarking actual competitors, right? Job post, job postings are lies. They're lies. Most of them, they're, they're, and Adam, you probably know this better than, than, than most people. If I'm trying to hire at a company, obviously I'm not going to put our dirty laundry up for public posting. So what am I going to do, right? Most of the time, we're going to be looking at other people's job postings. Sorry, dirty secret. Looking at other job postings, putting a bunch of absolute BS out there, and then you're interviewing. But the problem is, you might be the best candidate, but if you never are able to, this is one of the big problems with traditional interviewing, let's say you go through this. You you change your resume and your brand to ape this stupid job posting. Then we, we, we talk about it. You answer my made-up questions. Then you go to the interview too. So you're supposed to be so smart but you never figured out what was really going on. You never figured out the real pain that's there. What, uh-huh. Do you really think I'm ever gonna respect you, dude? I mean, you say that you're an expert, but you don't know Jack. That's the truth of it. So you're just another candidate. So, uh, so nothing changed. If that, in the hiring process, if you're not seeing this movement on both sides, you're identifying stuff they would rather not, they're coming to a better understanding of what they're really grappling with. And as they're, you're leading them in, they're understanding, hey, Adam is the only person that every time I speak to him, he's allowing me to see this problem from a different way. That is the heart of a real leveraged fast offer. That is what is there. Not going to five, six, seven interviews and uh, coming up with gotcha questions. Again, I don't understand where a supposed freedom-obsessed country became so conformist. Really. I'm a Canadian, man. I became a Canadian citizen this... I became a U.S. citizen this year uh, after living and paying taxes here from since 2006, uh, starting my family. I think I've got a right to say, hey, you know what? Something needs to change here, you know? A lot of uh-huh. talk about freedom, not where are the balls. And I mean that as a man or a woman. Where is it? Where are the chances being taken? Instead, we hear talk like this that I just heard from you, right? Um, it's the great resignation, so why don't we sit on our butt, right? <laughs> why don't I we didn't use say that? that? Well, why don't we use there's always gonna be something, right? We're about to go into a recession. Oh, I know, Jerome Powell just increased the the, the interest rates, ergo, I'm not allowed to find a better job or you know, have some self-respect or, or some self-integrity. I never there's said always, that. I never said that. I understand, but you understand how easy it is to say no, right? You understand yeah. how easy and, and simple it is. There's always gonna be some smart person coming around giving you the cop-out reason. But Life is short, man. And, yeah, that and, I'll and, agree with. That part I'll agree with. Uh, you know, I, I see these memes uh, uh, from software developers who have developed relatively new scripts or used in information technology. And they, they go out and they find job postings for IT positions to require knowledge of the script or the language that they themselves created. And it'll say, five years needed in a niche 3.0 scripting. And they'll say, you know, it's interesting. You're telling me that I need uh, five years experience in this because I invented it two years ago, which right there tells you that. uh, And I've heard from inside human resource departments and from hiring managers that uh, job descriptions are, in many cases, more wishless than anything else when you you come down to it. Here's 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 another thing that I think, again, more people ought to know. You know, Uh, there was a quote. I forget who, who said it, but. Uh, you know, I've remembered it ever since I read it, which went something along the lines of um, the future is already here, but it's just not evenly distributed. Uh, uh, here, let me give you an ex- exact uh, um, example of that. Um, I had been told as a job seeker long before I became a career coach and then for many years as a career coach. Anish, these yep. darn ATS systems, you know, these, these applicant tracking systems, uh, your resume, your applications uh, are are you've got to find a way to play with these automation software here because because otherwise you know you're, you're not going to move it through okay so here's a here's a dirty secret um there is a percentage of leaders in every industry right now uh, including our clients where they don't not only do they not have to worry about automation um 
Our in-house platform, for example, we're one of a few, uh, but our in-house platform actually enables you to deploy our in-house automation to basically piggyback off of LinkedIn, control and manage all the relationship building, all the outgoing messages, all the setup to a call, all the follow-ups that you need. So, it, it, so, and this is going on all over the place. Is it fair? Of course it's not fair, but you have to know about it, right? You have to know that it's even possible to do something differently. I didn't, and, and I'm a, I would be considered a, a power user of LinkedIn to the max, but I didn't know. Uh, I, I'd been using LinkedIn and Sales Navigator for years before someone, people deep in the industry started like pegging me in. Like Anish, think about it. Like if you're like a CEO, right, and, and and you're you're ramping up a search. Obviously, you don't have you don't have thirty hours a week to spend on this. And what are you going to do? You're going to trust some stranger, some third party recruiter to do the handling. If you've got twenty minutes a day, you've got to use that wisely, right? So so these these programmers and all of this. What I'm saying is. The rules are not the same. The rules are completely unequal right now. And the advantage right now is that for those who are fed up, for those who are willing to embrace different ways, the the great advantage we have of our time is that all of the big organizations, all of the big untouchable things are now forced to with the right leverage, combat against individuals. There was there was a time, I'm an actor, there was a time when being an actor was the greatest job ever. It's the most miserable job now because movie stars have to battle it out with idiots on YouTube and stuff like that. They have to fight on Twitter. Presidents have to get into battles with no nothing, no, you know, nobody's on Twitter, basically. Why? What is going on here? You see how the use, usage and the utilization of this world is giving people who have the ability, who, who have the courage, unfair, unfair stakes. So what I can do for you is I can say, look, it doesn't, whatever your qualifications are, whatever your matchup may be, quote unquote, with your marketplace, if we can set it up so that your brand is operating in a place that is that is going to resonate powerfully with the only people that matter, you're dialoguing only with them. I've taken all of the legwork out of it. So this is basically happening on autopilot. I've trained you on how to have that conversation so you know how to avoid all of this gotcha interview crap and actually move into it to identify that pain. And you know how to simply negotiate this then you're set basically. I mean, not you're set, but man, you can, you can, you can roll that for the rest of your life. And if you wanted to uh, uh, dip your hat into the real realm of traditional hiring, now for the first time, you have other things to play, right? You can understand, hey, if I have a five minute opening in this interview, I understand that I'm not going to lob a softball question here, right? I need to understand and right. put together what I've understand to, to go in. Anyone can do this stuff, but it's kind of like, uh, you know, I, 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 my, my eight-year-old son is loves skateboarding, and I, I loved it, but I, I was, uh, quite frankly, a coward uh, when I was a kid, so I never learned it, right? So even now, when I go to a skate park, I love it. I see all of these kids doing these amazing moves. I see my son starting to learn it, but with all due respect, he's eight, and he has the cuts and the scars, joyfully, and the smiles on his face. He earned it, right? And if you're not willing to, to dust yourself up a little bit, if you're not willing to be th thought of as a fool or to be thought of as ridiculous or to be, God forbid, kicked out of a office or kicked out of a, a call who cares who cares that's just one person you're just one person and your life is going to be over before you know it and all you really need is one yes so what are we doing playing things so safe what are we doing i don't i don't i don't honestly know you know i mean it's literally it's the it's the gold rush out there and the only thing that's stopping it are these false disempowering narratives about how sad it is how bad it is out there how you're just one of many it's like man they really did a good number on you, didn't they? Yeah. I mean this, uh, <laughs> I mean this, I mean this, I mean this metaphorically, but Adam, I want to be very clear about that. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, we're being real here, right? We're not just sharing good to know information that makes, you know, insecure people feel good for five minutes so they can go on with their life, right? We're, we're actually trying to see that if they have the capability to make a change, make a change, right? Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. You know, you mentioned earlier uh, resumes and you know, how you know we see a job off posting and we change our resume to make it match and we would go through this down this whole path of inauthenticity. Which, yeah, I wouldn't respect that if I knew that what was going on as a hiring manager or decision maker because uh, I mean, unless what I wanted was a yes man jellyfish, but 
if I'm a successful business leader, I know that that's not going to really benefit my organization in the long run. Now, let's set all that aside. And you see these memes. Uh, I, I love memes because they tell us so much about everything. I mentioned one about the software developers finding their own softwares. It's been around for two years, and the company's requiring five years experience in it, stuff like that. And then you have, and this is one of the, this is one I see all the time. Uh, you can tell my intellectual junk food is reading this stuff. Uh, you, um, yeah, uh, you, uh, you, it has the, the job thing that where you apply for the job online has you upload a PDF of your resume. Then it rejects it three times because of the resolution. You keep re-rendering your PDF till you finally get it right. And as soon as it finally accepts your PDF, it then walks you through a series of fields where you have to write that information in again. So... I would question. Yeah, I think it's a great question. I, I think I think what I would recommend for anyone, and I think it's an easy thing because it's not like an either or thing. But what I would simply say is, you know, because everyone faces a situation like that one one time or the other. I would say if you're looking at that, fine, okay, whatever they're asking you to do, okay. At the same time, just you could anyone can do this. Pull up LinkedIn and just ask yourself. You could you could run a simple search. You could do it using the normal free version of LinkedIn. Uh, run a search for people who are currently employed at that company. Uh, run a search at the C-suite level. That would be CXO. That's the actual seniority term that you want to put in there yeah. uh, in LinkedIn. And you want to ask yourself, okay, based on what I'm doing, right? What is, and, and again, this is where some thought and honestly some coaching probably in the eyes of most people would be helpful because the, the, the breadth of who you can reach out to is in many ways a direct reflection of the work you've already done in owning the highest possible level of an offer. So in other words, using that, going back to that HR thing, if I say, look, I grow uh, businesses using a hyper people-centric process that over delivers across A, B, and C, if those A, B, and C is like the talent side, but also the operations and the strategy side, then in the C-suite level at this company, I could be looking at not just the CEO, chief strategy officer, chief growth officer, chief people officer, people one step down, all of these people. Now, what I can say is, based on who I see here, is there a short list of at least two or three people that I would, I'm looking at, I would respect this person anyway, I'm actually a little intimidated by this person anyway? Yes, this is. What I can certainly do is I can, and and I want everyone to think about this, LinkedIn is not a one-off. There, You would never have, and for those of you who have a spouse, imagine sitting down for that first date and the first thing you said was, man, I'd really love to sleep with you, right? That's what most people are doing on LinkedIn, right? You want to take a different approach to these people. You want to say, Oh okay. my God, yeah. How many connection requests do I accept? I, I did a whole training on this for my for my own mastermind program. Yeah. Uh, this whole thing about dominating the DMs and the right way to do it. I have a, a little tactic that I use. And when I eventually get to ask the question I wanted to ask uh, for you, uh, for you fired off again, which is fantastic, by the way, um, I, uh, yeah, I was thinking to myself, you know, I, I accept all these connection requests. And the first thing I get is, hi, I was checking out your profile and I noticed we had several connections in common and blah, blah, blah. It's like, <sighs> what, what? Yeah. Just think. Oh, about now, oh, oh, you want me to read your special report too? Well, I, I, the 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 problem here, is, and again, I I think the issue here a little bit, and I want what I want to challenge you on a little bit, Adam, is uh, anyone can succeed at this, and you know you do not need to be an expert at it, but yes, you do have to have an idea of what you want. Right. Yeah. So if I say, look, I'm reaching out to Adam and 20 other people in this sector because I'm looking to make an impact here. What is the goal for these people? If the goal is a call, if the goal is, look, I want to go do a, do a conversation with you. I do not think the goal should be sharing a piece of information or a resume or anything like that because you're not right. at that stage. But so if the goal is a call, then how do I move someone like you from a place of the initial interest that made you say yes to that to that LinkedIn uh, um uh, request into a place where you might be receptive, right? So That's a series easy. of messages, uh, um, thinking about what that value might be to that person, and 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 moving it into a place where they can say, and I think this is absolutely critical: the pretext behind why we talk. Uh, it has got to be as equals. It has got to be something that says, "Look, I'm giving up 30 minutes of my." Uh, paid time. I'm giving up time right now having a conversation with you and your listeners. There's a 
it's not, and I think I I just want to be clear here because I want everyone listening to this to take this into every interview, okay? Through the questions that you ask, including hopefully a couple of questions in any interview that you ask that makes it clear you have your own standards about what you're looking to work with, who you're looking to work with here. The more you do that, the more your authority is, is going to be reaffirmed and the more there's going to be a reason for you in that call to show up as an equal. That's, that's really key to say, okay, look, I'm giving up time. You're giving up time. Why are we giving up time? Is it for some kind of bamboozlement or me trying to sneak away to a job? No, it, it can literally be something as simple as Adam, Uh, I noticed that we have this clear commonality here. I think that there's a parallel. This is what I'm working on right now. I think there'd be a lot of mutual benefit in us talking together. What do you think? And moving it from there. Maybe you say yes, maybe you don't. But the question is, if I can move this into a strategy where everyone who is experiencing the urgent pain that I solve is moving into a call, and for those who don't, I'm still fostering the key things that we want to do. Authority, scarcity, that unique value. If I'm bringing that in, then I'm always going to have that ability to nurture this relationship and move it forward, right? But again, most people, when they're in a job search mode, they don't feel comfortable. Like if I went through like a multi-stage interview process with you, we got along really well. There's real intrinsic value to us staying in touch. But if you rejected me for the job, most people are like this. You're not going to, I'm not going to feel comfortable staying in touch with you, right? I'm right. going to feel like, oh, there's something else. That has to change. You know, like, like we've got to start bringing all the job search time this is true. For, I don't care if you're fresh out of college, if you have 30 years of experience. Everyone out there, uh, job search time is is paid time that you are forgoing the money for as an investment to that next opportunity. It is paid yeah. Time. Every minute is paid, and if you, which means that if you're spending three hours, four hours preparing away from your kids, and then you're spending an all-day interview, that's eight to ten hours that you just gave up for an opportunity. Please tell me that you came in with your own criteria of information that you needed to find, right? And please tell me, Adam. By the way, tell me that when push comes to shove, what you're gonna have is something better than just a hack, right? What you're yeah. gonna have is something that has some real substance there, right? I'm with you. So, uh, I hope so. Yeah. So I have a, uh, I have a way of connecting with people on social media and it's incredibly simple. Uh, this is something, and I've tried so many different strategies and this is the one that has built so many more connections for me, opened so many conversations, introduced me to so many opportunities, brought me within the range of so many decision makers. And this has worked better for me than anything else I've ever done. It's real simple. Uh, make the connection request. Hey, love connect. Great to connect with you. Uh, I have a podcast. I'm looking for guests. Are you interested? Yeah, and, and, and that's and, that's how, the whole what is the thing. Uh, how is the what is the uh, acceptance rate and the the call rate been for you using that? Uh, often I don't have my spreadsheets right in front of me, but I'm familiar with the broad numbers. Uh, about seventy percent of the time, the min- about seventy percent of the time, the minimum answer is, yeah, maybe. Tell me more. I can tell you that approximately 30 to 35% of those become recorded interviews within 30 days. That's awesome, man. Here's the secret, and it's very simple. You're putting reciprocity up front. Uh, And what I mean by that is I'm inviting you to my platform. I'm going to celebrate your success with you. We're going to have a conversation. We're going to get to see a bit of your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Plus, rather than... You know, be within the frame of a networking call or a get to know you or we compare notes and all that. We can have the same conversation, but it's more free flowing. Yes. And uh, maybe we do business in the green room five minutes after we're done with the recording. Mm-hmm. Maybe we do business six months from now. Maybe I return the favor some more by being on your podcast. Mm-hmm. There's so many different next steps. And particularly, and I like and I like to say that glaciers move a lot slower than pebbles. So when you're going for the high ticket opportunities, the big money deals, they often require more than a 15 minute, let's hop on Zoom real quick. Uh, what better way to get that conversation going than to have a conversation? I mean, my typical podcast reacher, uh, my elite reacher, typical one uh, takes three and a half months to close simply because it is a very high ticket offer. And although the investment from the client side is it's financially higher um, in terms of actual work they do. It's kind of moderate. It's just 
the fact that it represents such a significant shift in how they themselves do networking, client attraction, celebrity expert branding, it uh, requires a bit of a back and forth and a bit of a churning of the thought process to get them there. You know, so I, when you, I, so I, when you have long, so when I, I, so when you I, have I that, you play I, long I, game. I understand that, but I don't. I don't actually agree with that. I gotta. I gotta respectfully disagree with that. Not. Not as. Um, uh, not as someone who understands your zone, which you'll, which I will never do in, in the yeah. way that you do. But I will say, um, in my zone, I, I will say that when I started out, I was writing cover letters and stuff for 50 bucks a pop. Uh, yep. That's why I paid for mine. We're, we're operating in a completely different strata, but, I, but, and I will tell you that the people I do business with and chat with the most every day are exactly now the people that you're talking about. And what I will tell you is it is not possible for people at that level to have the luxury, same as with me, uh, to take five, six, seven to draw it out. What happens and what people forget about, okay? It's the behavior part, the signals that you're sending out, and how you do business is everything. And okay. one of the, the big things that I realized as I started going out, I was like, no way. No way no way can there be, you know, yes, of course, 15 minutes. Can, can I negotiate a six or a seven-figure job offer in 30 minutes? Probably not, you know? No. I'm probably going to, you know. But do I need more than, than two or three? Probably not because, buddy, at a certain point, there's going to come a point where, Adam, we don't need to talk about anything else. There's no, there's nothing for us to talk about right now that does not require money exchanging hands and us going into that confidential realm. We're done. We're at the level. And it's my job as an expert to also clue you in when we are at that place, right? right. If I don't know how to do that, okay, and I'm not saying this is the case here, but I'm saying this in a lot of the job seekers I work with, okay, there's such an intrinsic sense of these people are so different from me and also... There sometimes is a bedrock insecurity about the value of my offer and what I can do. So ergo, this is so fancy in my life. This is so crazy in my life. We got to stretch this out. We got to stretch. A lot of times, a lot of that can be avoided by having one or two uncomfortable moments in that moment. We say, hey, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like, <laughs> you've been trying to solve this problem. For, for 13 months, you've had to let go of 30% of your workforce and you're telling me you need to run it up the flagpole to see whether this makes sense or not? Shouldn't you be jumping into any kind of a solution right now? Uh, aside from having to, again, tell another 30% of these people that they're not going to be getting a Christmas bonus? What are we talking about here? There's a wavelength of leadership that once you start frequent, like like radiating that, once you start keying into that, the big dogs always understand, oh, okay, this is someone like me. This is someone who is also like me, so I can give the reciprocal, uh, um, the exactly like you said, the, the reciprocity thing, it works both ways, but only when I trust that you're a member of my tribe, not someone who's trying to become or do business with a member of my tribe, but a true member of my tribe. When you're that then I'm going to drop those rules that you're talking about. And, 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 and I, I'm saying this because I'm, I, it's been an obsession of mine because working with these leaders, high-level people, all this, this has been a lifelong dream of mine because I still, there's a part of me that feels like I don't belong there. But what I realize is I don't need to be like them. I just need to figure out, I need to figure out those parts of myself that convert into an absolute stranglehold in the right situation there. And then I don't need anything else. In fact, from then on, everything that makes me different from you is a selling point. It's one other thing that is going to make you say, oh my God, I never thought about solving this problem. But now that I, if I say no, it's no longer saying no to Adam or saying no to Anish. It's saying no to that part of myself, which is a leader who has the potential to solve it. That is devastating. That results wow, yeah. in an offer almost way more often than it doesn't, right? But you've got to... They're just people. They're just, dare I say it, morons like all of us, okay? They're <laughs> yeah. just people. There's nothing special. I don't know, man. There's nothing special. They're all people. They figured out, maybe they figured out a way to leverage what they do a little bit smarter than you did right now or in a yeah. different way. So what? So what, dude? Like, it, like, 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 big deal, man. Like, they all take a crap. They all, you know, get into arguments like, like, can we stop with this bloviating and this worshiping, dude? My God, dude, they're just flawed people. Get on with the business of helping people if you have something to offer. Please get on with it. 
We're 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 waiting. We're, we're it's 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 game on. It's game on. The average uptick when we work with people is 33% across over 2k clients. That's one offer and we've seen people go 3x 5x. So it happens all over the place. And no, they didn't get a, a different degree or figure out some hack, but they did figure out, hey, there's something here that people are not talking about. There's a there's a pain here. You know, one other thing that, that people can use is, is a concept we call paint a common enemy. Um, you might obviously, without naming names, have seen some very, very prominent people in the political e arena who are masters at this. Painting a common enemy. What does that mean? You're worried about ageism? Okay, paint a common enemy. You're worried that you don't have as much experience as, as someone else in your industry? Paint a common enemy. All that means is, if you stand for a right way, there has got to, by the very logic of that, be a wrong way. So when you're challenged about, hey, you know what? You got seven years, we'd really prefer nine. The right question here and the right rebuttal is not some dumb answer about, about why your seven years is the same as nine, right? The right answer is to ask yourself, why are we asking this, right? What do we, what do we need here, right? And, and I understand why thinking that spending 40% of your time on this aspect of marketing is gonna do it. I can tell you and I can point to you it's not. In other words, I'm showing you why the error here is not why I don't have an additional two years, three years, whatever, right? What I'm showing you is your fundamental methodology is flawed. The fundamental way at the deepest way that you are looking at this problem is wrong, Adam. And there is no yeah. way that you're going to be able to solve it on your own. Otherwise, you would have. That needs right. to happen. If that's not happening at the beginning, stop trying to prove anything about the role because you're not at that place. Like you're not at a place where I'm going to go into an offer because you haven't earned that with me yet. We haven't gotten to the truth and you should assume you're not starting from a truthful place. Assume that. Assume you're starting from a surface place. The same thing in a first date, you know, you're dressed up nice and all this other stuff. They don't know your moods. They don't know your depressive episodes. They don't know all of that other stuff, right? That, that good stuff is going to come later. Fine. But go into that interview with the awareness of the light and the dark side. No. Yeah, I would I would say so. So, I mean essentially or 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 I guess you know try it try it some other way, right? I mean, I mean I I I, I see them all. Show me a better way. Show me a way where the other way works better. I'm listening. I'm all ears. Well, you know, we could have uh, spent our time together speaking about uh how to revise your resume or how to uh uh what have you or have the typical how to find a job type conversation but i think that what at least what i'm hearing here for our listeners whether it's going for a job landing a deal whatever it is that involves selling yourself and getting somebody to yes going to make a yes decision in your favor has to do with a few very key elements which you've expounded upon at very passionate length so what I want to do here with uh, the time we have left here, we have a few minutes, is I want to sort of mate some of the work that I do with, and I have a feeling you're going to have a really interesting take on this. Um, we spoke about resumes. We spoke about cover letters. I've been saying for about two years, and I've had the opportunity to prove this at least a few times so far, is that in this day and age, your published book is your resume and your podcast is your cover letter. And these and these are the thing and having these types of assets and you can make substitutions. But the idea is that when you use these platforms to share your unique formula, your unique methodology, what makes you the special person who has the answer to this question different from everybody else who's revising their resume with every job they apply for? What do you think of that statement? Well, I I I, th I think that there's some there's some real truth to that, and I and I think you know because I I don't want to go weak on the the practicality here to 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 jump off of what you're saying with regards to the resume. A simple thing that any of you listening can do instead of trying to to make the resume sound like the job posting, take what I've just been talking about exactly like you said at length about branding yourself around a process. Use the first third or first half of that resume 
as a showcase for that. In other words, uh, have a branding statement that goes to a process. Have some opening lines that, before you get into anything having to do with your experience section, goes towards that unique way of change, the unique methodology behind a little bit of that of that way. And in, when it comes to the experience section, I would say delete anything that you can find in a job posting because the assumption is if you're anything other than a mouth breather, you know how to do those things. What I'm interested in, even if that, if, even if the role has no more than two lines, three lines in it, what I want to know, preferably in alignment with that process that we're talking about in that first third, is what in this role went to that? What in that role was a value add? How did that move it forward? Any role that does not move into that either needs to get minimized or otherwise controlled, right? So anyone can do that. So when it comes to the podcast, yeah, I think that's a, that's a, a great way to look at it. I think uh, for people that I'm out there with, for those who, I think evergreen assets, whether they are podcasts, whether they are um, you know, a website, uh, 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 a YouTube channel, whatever, those all have a role. What I would What I would say is when it comes to what you're putting out there, stop stop promoting and start helping because that actually doesn't change uh, like the the only difference between me you know talking with someone for an hour and getting acclimated with that and me working with someone over a period of multiple weeks or multiple months is the depth of it but the intensity and the expectation actually doesn't change so i would say whether it's engagement whether it's a podcast whatever just start helping people because the those people who are going to get immediately helped will be your word of mouth and those people who are going to become your clients they will demand nothing less than you and only you working with them so you don't have to worry about throwing your pearls before swine you can just get on with the business of it now when it comes to that resume what i would say is hold it in reserve treat it as something precious stop publishing it on your resume uh, on your linkedin profile stop giving it away like a two dollar prostitute basically okay treat it like something valuable what does that mean ideally what you, what we should be focusing on here is building the relationship you could use it linkedin for something like that or anything else you want build the relationship get a little dialogue first and ideally that resume comes into play as a way to deepen and turn a general conversation and exploratory conversation into a serious one in other words the impetus of the resume should not be to start the conversation because that's what your you know mouth and lips and brain are for uh the the purpose of the resume should be to deepen. So when I look at this, it's like, oh, gotcha. All of the good stuff I was thinking about Adam here, it's reinforced 5, 10, 15 times as I look at this journey that, again, is not trying to be something it's not. It's not trying to pretend that it's me. It stands for something. It has a point of view. Okay, that's the critical thing that I would say. And you're right, resume tips are great if you have a point of view. LinkedIn tips, interviewing tips are great if you have some balls and some courage and you understand what you're trying to do. But let's also stop pretending to put the cart before the horse here. None of those things are going to save you from the human to human dance that's going on here. And if you're not willing to meet me at that dance, you have no reason to be going after what you want. So let's start by walking. Let's start by going deep here. And we can all afford to go deep, I think, in that way. That's one thing, certainly, that I've taken uh, away from this conversation as much as anything else, brother. Well, yeah. And, uh, I can, I, and I can tell you, I think that, the um, again, the biggest thing that I've gotten out of this is that it's really about, and we can... You know, our listeners can go back, subscribe to the Business Creators Radio Show, listen to this again and again. I encourage all of our listeners to re-review this one at least twice because you're going to listen to it three different times. You're going to be in three different places when you do it, and you may pick up three different messages that can really move you forward here. It really comes down to differentiation, however you want to define that. So what I want to do is I want to make sure that our listeners are aware First of all, of your website, which is www.helloanish.com, H-E-L-L-O-A-N-I-S-H.com, and you can discover so much more there. And while you're there, one thing I'd love you to check out is Anish has some great free resources, one of which is a training on the exact five-step system that clients use to land dream roles 75 to 85% faster than average. 
Uh, you'll see buttons and links for it on that webpage. Also, check out the, if you're on www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, look at the notes beneath this episode and you'll see it listed there as well. So with that, uh, I got to say, Anish Majumdar, thank you so much for possibly one of the most unique conversations we've had on this show in a while. It's been an honor and believe me in education. Thank you, brother. I really, really appreciate it, Adam. And uh, and 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 please keep doing what you do to keep uh, exposing us to these uh, amazing and inspiring voices, man. It's been awesome. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time. Have a great day. Take care.